What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back here in the middle of May in the heart of the universe. That's Clarendon, of course. Back again for episode 194 of Pace the Nation. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me, we got a good streak going. I got the full crew here across from me. It's Tess Strike. Tess, how are you? I'm good. Nothing like a full house. A full house again. Yes, nothing like it. I agree. The shows are always much better when we got everybody here. And we do have William E. Docs to my left. Docs, what's up? I don't even know where to start today, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. I was I was riding my bike before the show, and I saw uh, one of the Washington Capitals out on the trail. You did? Yes. Was he, like, on a bike as well, working out, running? Was he, he was running? on very expensive rollerblades. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when I saw the guy, I was like, my, from in the distance, I was like, who rollerblades? Right. <laughs> and then they were really, really nice rollerblades, and so that caught my eye. Yep. My third thought was, "Good lord, this guy's huge!" Right. <laughs> and then, and then as I approached, he he very gracefully slowed down, which made me think this guy is a professional skater. This yes. guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's really it, cool. it was effortless. And then I and I, I looked at his face. And then before you guys came in, I was studying the roster to figure out who it was. So you were sure you weren't sure at the time that it was a well. Capitals. After I passed him, I was like, "That guy's definitely on the Capitals." Yeah. Um, very cool because none of the Washington Capitals, there used to be a guy, Jeff Halpern, who's from this area, but none uh-huh. of the Washington Capitals are from this area. So the fact that the season's over and mm-hmm. he's still here in the heart of the universe, very cool. Um, well, I'm going to guess, could, did you find out who it was? I know who it is. Yeah. Okay. So you do know who it was. Mm-hmm. All right. Cause a lot of these guys are not from the U S a lot of them go back to their home countries. Uh, let's see. It wasn't Alex Ovech- Ovechkin because he would have known. I would have known that, that, and also he doesn't work out. And also the World Championships <laughs> for hockey are on right now, are so anyone really? playing in it okay. is not Okay, all right. Here. That, that's hmm. an interesting, wow, hmm. that's an interesting nugget that you just brought up. So it's got to be somebody who didn't make their world team. This uh, might get edited out then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it might not have been, yeah. Um, let's see. Good nugget, Tess. Uh, I'm going to guess it was... Um, Ugh, man, I'm good guess. Say this, is, a, this is good, good content. Yeah, great radio here. Mm-hmm. Great podcasting here. Uh, good television broadcast. Uh, I'm gonna say it is uh, Chandler Stevenson. No, See, no, no. I, I, just an obscure Washington Capitol mm-hmm. player. Yeah, <laughs> that is a fit guy, or somebody who was on Friends. <laughs> it's well. Yeah, that was it. No, I think that was something. Now you're having me second guess. Is it Chandler Stevenson? I'm pretty sure it's Chandler Stevenson. On there the is caps. a Chandler Stevenson on, on the, the on the roster. Okay, all right. I was I was pretty sure, um, but it wasn't Chandler Stevenson. All right, the guy I believe just bought a home in Virginia right okay. before the playoffs started. That's creepy of mm. you to know. Okay. Well, I, I was looking this up. He stalked him since seeing. I, him I had to figure out who it was, and then I wanted to know why this person was on the trail near my house, and. There's a lot of articles about the the home that he bought before mm-hmm. the playoffs started, and that made me think, why was he over by my house? T.J. Oshie. No, no I, I, I would recognize Oshie. This right, is who, not fun. This guessing right, game is not fun. Who 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 was it? Kuznetsov. Yes. All or, right. Or whatever. However no, you pronounce that's, it. That's it, man. Um, Pretty sure it was him. No, that's very cool. He's, he's just just Russian. looking at everybody's mug shots. It was either him or or Holpe, but I don't think they it was, look very different. 
Mm. But the guy still had a beard. Oh, uh, okay. Coots nets and, off. And that, that was one of the... detail. Very cool. That was one of the more difficult things, too. It could have been a different guy, except I, I, I was looking at everybody's eyes and... Uh, Do you look deep into his eyes as he skated? Didn't have fast? a chance. Didn't have a chance. Too fast. Are you a closet hockey fan? Uh, not I'm not in any it. way closeted no. about this. You're, you're you're into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm sorry. I should have I should have realized. You should that. pay attention sometimes. I should because she's like r- every once in a while the the, <laughs> the stats of the Caps players. Very cool. Um, that is that's very very cool. That's cool. That I wonder if that's a thing for hockey players to off season rollerblade. Yeah. Rollerblading. It is. I, I don't know. That thing seemed like a fad from 20 years ago. Exactly. And that's why you, were, you for wanted a second, to poke fun For a second, I thought I was in L.A. Yes. But uh, maybe it is a thing for, for hockey players. Very but, cool. Because Russia's still in the in the world championship, though. So, that's I why, I wanna, that's yeah. why I want to check to see if he's, if he's actually actually playing over it's there. It's got to be. And, and enough for this fact-checking. It's got to be one of those <laughs> Caps players. And I, I, well, it, I like it definitely his, was a Cap. I mean, yeah. the, the guy was too big and, and on – Too graceful. On, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kuzi's in, um, in Europe for the championship right okay. now. So well, it's not him. Well, it was somebody who had a beard. All right. So who was, who was fit and on the – Well, he's a big guy. I mean, he's a really big guy. All right. Well, that's a great story. And he has a dog. And and uh, you he was said, walking his dog as well. You said you don't know where to start, so that means that you probably have other things to get to. Mm-hmm. We'll let Docs get to those things as the show progresses organically, as he kind of does. Uh, but we, I do want to get to the agenda. Excited uh, today to be joined on the phone by an Olympian. Today we're going to be joined by. Jared Ward, who was sixth place at the 2016 Rio Olympics in the marathon, uh, he is just coming off of a PR uh, race at the Boston Marathon where he ran 209. Uh, He runs for Saucony, and he is going to join us on the phone. And I believe he lives Utah somewhere. I saw him in Utah a few uh, weeks ago when I was out there with Saucony. You probably drove past his house. I probably did as on the six-hour trek from Utah to to uh, the the Denver airport. Uh, but excited to have uh, Jared Ward on the program today. Also on today's program, we're going to talk about that Olympic trials in Atlanta in 2020. Uh, Jared's going to be one of the first athletes that we have on, and we're going to sort of preview that Olympic trials. I mean. 2020 seems like it's a long way away, but February 2020 will be here before you know it. And we've already had a few athletes that will be competing in the trials. Uh, and and, and I, it, against my better judgment, uh, we've had Bethany. Uh, I'm going to do a list here. We've had Bethany. Uh, we've, had, uh, we've had Dez. Molly uh, Huddle. Molly Huddle. We had Carrie Allen. Uh, and... You know, and and that's just on the women's side, uh, mm-hmm. and then the on only the, side that matters. And, and on the men's side, uh, I believe we've had a couple of the athletes. Meb, we've had Meb, who mm-hmm. has, I believe, has the qualifier. I'm not sure whether he's going to run or not. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, a Jared on the on the phone today. So, mm-hmm. what about Sarah Sellers? Sarah Sellers, another good one. Yeah. What about uh, we had a different Sarah on as well? See, again, this is the reason why you're right. If I don't have the list handy, I well, shouldn't you, do the list. You know what's crazy is uh, I actually pulled a Farley last week's show, mm-hmm. uh, and I know what our loyal listeners are thinking. They're like, "Hey, Docs, uh, pulling a Farley could mean any number of bonehead things." Mm-hmm. But I made a list on air of of uh, diehard Simpsons fans. Yes, and of course, Mikey Conway out in California was offended 
Oh, Mike Conway. Mm-hmm. Loyal listener Mike Conway. Yeah, I don't know I, why I called him Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Conway. I was just trying to he's, be stupid. Well, he's one of your he's one of your high school buddies. So yeah, he's I a high like school teammate. A, he's a he'd state be a champion. Mikey, I feel like in middle school. He wasn't. He was never know. Mikey. I just okay. I just, just wanted to be like yeah. little Mikey was offended yeah. or something like that. Oh, that's cool. All right, so Mike, sorry that we missed you. Uh, yeah. on the list or that docs missed you on the list mm-hmm. this is why you don't make lists yes, because all you do is offend people yes you're right so mike Con- shout out to mike mike conway he you? sent me the the correct homer simpson vip clip after nice. the show too that's good just to show like he's like look how quick i can get this i know what you're talking about he man, knows man and i i think that these these simpson references uh fall on deaf ears apparently you and I are in the minority. I have test. No idea. We have no idea, but the rest of our listeners love them. Uh, so okay, I, I have my finger on the pulse, you just do. like just like Ducktales. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Ducktales constantly, and I you know. guys are like, "No more Ducktales." That's all anybody. That was the only feedback we ever got was Ducktales. Twitter was Twitter was yes. blowing up. Yeah. All right. So, did you see the episode of The Simpsons when they when Ducktales was on it? No, I didn't. It see didn't that happen, but shocker. that would be okay. great PTN. Yeah. That would be a perfect PTN episode. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, uh, what's up, Mike? Uh, want to uh, Farley? How about you apologize to Mike? Please. Sorry, Mike. Uh, for for uh, little not, Mikey, little Mikey, for not referencing you last week, or for Doc's mm-hmm. not referencing you last week. Uh, also, on the agenda, I want to finish the agenda here before we. Oh, uh, well, get you to were our making a list in the middle Gary. of the agenda. This is not my fault. So there's a couple articles I want to touch on. And one is about Arlington County, so we definitely have to talk about that. And then mm-hmm. former guest Kellen Song had an article. So a big show to get to uh, on today's Pace the Nation. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about the Arlington County because I actually on my bike ride was thinking about it. I'm sure we're talking about the same thing. Yes. Uh, episode 194 here, and we're getting closer to 200. I also want to make sure we touch on... Uh, what episode 200 will be we got to touch mm-hmm. on what episode 200 will be we got some contributions already yes. all right so we'll talk about that later in the program uh against my better judgment before we get mm-hmm. to jared uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell this story um and docs you may edit it out or may not well i'm not sure that you have better judgment <laughs> yeah, so i'm not true. really sure what that means you know i was uh i was thinking about uh where jared went to school we went to mm-hmm. byu uh, and he was a great runner for BYU. I think he ran for Ed Eyestone. Uh, Ed Eyestone is still his coach today. Uh, but that has nothing to do with the story I'm about to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so Docs and I and, and a bunch of our friends would do I can't this, believe you're going to tell this story. <laughs> would, do, would do this part. <laughs> we, you're an idiot. you got to call Jared in two minutes. <laughs> we, we, we would have this party. Yeah, it would be quick. We'd have this party every single year. Uh, mm-hmm. And we still have the, the get-together. It's mm-hmm. the, the annual Kai Shai gift give. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, my favorite uh, get-togethers of the year because the crew that we ran with in college all gets yeah, together. Everybody and, still gets together. It's like the, it's only the, it's the only time anybody can get together now. We used to get together a few times a year. This is the mm-hmm. only time. We used to get together a few times a week yeah and and now you now know, it's, once, now a it's year. once a year and we do the uh what what is it called the white elephant gift give is people that have different is? names yeah so yeah. we do the white elephant that's always fun we mm-hmm. get together at a bar and exchange gifts and uh share some laughs and have a couple beers and have a good mm-hmm. time so this is probably 10 years ago when i was a young lad and uh we were going to different bars i think mm-hmm. this was in georgetown and we come across we were uh, in georgetown yeah. uh this couple of of you know, good-looking, uh, 45-year-old women mm-hmm. or so. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and How old were you at the time? I was probably was rocking his his low thirties. Low, low, yeah, low thirties. I already don't like where this story yeah, is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, uh, and I I reference this because I was thinking about BYU. So mm-hmm. I went up to them and I said, um, you know, I was trying to be funny or trying to be cool. Yeah. I don't know what I was trying to be. I would never do that. I have two kids now. I'm a reputable. Stop person it! Now. Just tell <laughs> the story. So, anyways, everybody knows I, you're about to be an idiot. I, I go up to the to the to the uh, the nice women, and I I, I, I can tell you, I was I, yeah. mortified. So I I said, "Wow, hey, ladies, you guys must have both <laughs> yeah already not good. This right? is That's, already yeah, horrible. Yeah, you guys must have both gone to BYU." Mm-hmm. And they said, "No. Um, why do you say that?" I said because you guys are certainly cougars. Mm-hmm. Oh, my everybody God. Was, was was we were like okay, let's go to the next bar. This this <laughs> and very embarrassed. And by you this can guy. never go back no, there. They they I think they didn't take it very well. First, didn't take it very well. I I won them over. I mean, no, just, we're just having a laugh. No, you and didn't. I want to remember it like I did win them mm, over. I would rather you 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 participate in the same reality I participate in, so that <laughs> you don't was, embarrass me again at the next year's gift you know, gift. It was it was funny at the time, but everybody's dumb done dumb things when mm-hmm. they're in their thirties. I'm sure. I've Tools. never called someone a cougar yeah, in that was, scenario. I, I, yeah. I, well, if, you if, have a lot of years to live still. If you, if, if <laughs> you're out there. I apologize. Uh, I feel like <laughs> you know, like what? they listen to the show. They, they do, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this guy. <laughs> this is the is, guy. Is was Chris Farley? Uh, now we know where to track him down. Yes, he's dead. Yes. Well, uh, anyways, I just wanted to share that story. I was thinking about that because yeah. Jared went to BYU. All right, but next up, excited. I, I don't know how we transition. I'm sorry, yeah. J- Jared's like a really good family wholesome guy. I don't mm-hmm. know how we transition, but we're going to. Excited to be joined by Olympian, 2016 Olympian in the marathon, Jared Ward. He joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Tess and Docs, we are excited to be joined on the phone by Olympian Jared Ward. Jared, how are you? Good, Chris. How are you doing today? Oh, doing great, man. So we were just talking beforehand. Um, I, I think you're in Utah. I, you know, they, the guys were asking me if you're in Utah. I, I know you went to BYU because we told a little BYU story beforehand. But are you? Where Wait. do you live in Utah? You I, did. I, I did. Farley told I, the I BYU told, story. Right, sorry, Tess I, and I. Yes. Yes. I I told a BYU story. But you are still in Utah. Do you live in Utah? Where are you currently? Yes, that's right. I'm just a little bit south of BYU. I still uh, run for the and train under the same coach as I did when I was at BYU, and I run with both guys all the time. So I'm I'm very much still BYU. Awesome, man. Well, we had a great time. Uh, I was out there a few weeks ago in Moab, and I told the story on this podcast about how beautiful it was, and I told the story of my odyssey getting home. But Utah, man, that's the first time I've been there in 20 years. That's kind of a secret, like, beautiful place, great place to train, right? It is. It has been nice. You know, we got a little bit of altitude here, and, and when I want higher altitude, Park City's about uh, an hour's drive away, and uh, and and good runners coming out of Utah. I mean, on the, the high school scene and the college scene, uh, it's been, uh, it seems like it's a good altitude to train at. Awesome. Yeah, and are, are you from Utah? Are you from that area? Yes, I'm from uh, north, you know, north of Salt Lake City, but from Utah. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, you were out in Moab uh, with a group of, of uh, a, a people who have Saucony, uh, accounts who have Saucony, or running stores who have Saucony. Um, and, you know, you were one of the one of the featured. There was actually a couple featured uh, speakers there, but Jared was one of them. Um, so you were just kind of getting back into running when when I saw you out there a few weeks ago. What's going on with your running now? Are you back to running now? Yeah, we're back in the swing of things. Um, man, that was fun out there, wasn't it? Yeah, we just, awesome. uh, gosh, just kicking it. And uh, and it was. It was a good spot to just kind of ease back into things. I think, you know, I was out there about uh, 10 days out from the Boston Marathon. And so I was, you know, just doing some light jogging and, and testing out my legs and making sure there weren't any uh, lingering aches and pains and it, and it all checked out. It's a beautiful place to, to kind of, uh, bust the rust off a little bit, I guess. And then, um, I guess not really rust, but just right. make sure there was no kink. <laughs> not long enough for rust, but, uh, but yeah, now I'm back to training, uh, pretty much full swing. I've been going with these BYU guys, uh, last week and this week, uh, focused more on 10 K kind of speed training and I'm going to run a few, uh, road 10 Ks and maybe a track 10 K this summer and, uh, try to get some of that college speed back for a couple of months here. And then I'll transition back to more marathon training again for the fall and next, next winter and spring. Well, I definitely want to talk about your PR at Boston, which was amazing. And, uh, obviously your 2016 Rio performance where you're sixth place in the Olympics. Um, but are, are you still teaching at BYU I, I saw in the past that you were a professor or what's your I know you run with the team and still run for coach I, I stone what's your relationship with BYU yeah so I I graduated with my master's degree in statistics in 2015 uh, just one year removed from running in college and so one year into running for for Stockton. and um, and then when I finished up the department approached me about sticking around and teaching one class for them adjuncts because they were a little shorthanded. What's adjunct so, mean? Uh, what does adjunct mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, knew these guys, just means, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> just means very part-time. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, so, you know, not a full-time gig. I, you know, I teach two days a week, one or two classes a semester. I'm not teaching during the summer. Okay. Um, so I'm not, I'm not like... Uh, Tenure track full time faculty. I'm just uh, just part time, and I research the things I'm interested in a little bit. And you're so you're still doing that. Is that a is that the career after running that you see yourself in? You know, that's what I had always envisioned for myself, and certainly while I was in college. Um, but you know, I don't know. The longer I stay in the running world, the more I think, ah, this is where I want to stay. Right. So I, you know, you know, and I don't know. I love teaching, and I've I've loved. Uh, you know, the, the students that I get to work with. And, um, and that's, that's been a fun aspect of my life. But I think if I can somehow work in some aspect of this running world as at least part of my career after I'm done running, I think I want to. Yeah. You wouldn't have to work for a living. That's always good, man. <laughs> why is, why is that not working? No, I'm, I'm saying being in the running industry, it's good. It's just not really working for a living. I think, I don't know. I mean, that's what my, yeah, that's what coach Eistone said. Yeah. He says he never worked a day. He went straight from running professionally yeah. to coaching. I mean, being a professor, I mean, I saw some videos of you that looked stressful and hard and like, <laughs> I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think you could handle it. I don't I don't think I could. Um, 
But uh, so, all right. So I wanted to talk about the Boston Marathon. Congratulations, man. What an unbelievable performance on a day where I don't know anybody who ran except for you and, and, and Scott. Um, I don't know anybody who ran PRs that day. Um, kind of tell us about the Boston Marathon. Were you expecting to break 210? Uh, what were you thinking going into the race? Yeah, I training had gone really well, and marathon pace workout seemed, you know, I, I really did think I was ready to break 210, but um, but you never know until you show up race morning what the weather in Boston is going to be like. Yeah. And so, um, so we were kind of flipping back and forth. You know, really, I guess we had, Coach and I had talked about a number of ways we could, um, you know, we could uh, set a goal towards this race, and it could be in terms of finish, and it could place, and it could be in terms of finishing time, and um, and things like that. And then when when the race conditions seem to be conducive of running fast, we said, "Hey, well, let's finish as high as we can, but let's try to let's try to notch that sub two ten." And um, and you know. And you you said it. I mean, there weren't a lot of PRs that day. I wouldn't say that the conditions were perfect, but um, but they were pretty good. And, uh, and you know, at least not terribly hot. And the winds were kind of more of a crosswind. And uh, so it definitely could have been worse in Boston. And I think uh, you know we had known some races in the past. You know, you, you talked about the Rio performance, which was a couple minutes slower than Boston, but in Rio it was in the seventies and ninety percent humid. And so, um, you know, I think coach and I knew that, um, I had been at, at points in my life, I had been fit enough probably to run a sub two ten, but we just needed the right day and the right course to do it on. And so, um, when, when Boston presented itself, uh, I was ready to go. And you actually, I mean, I was screaming at the TV, and I know a lot of other people who watch the race. You led the race. Uh, was that part of the plan? It was pretty cool that you were leading the whole race uh, about halfway through or so. You know, it wasn't part of the plan. But um, at about 10 miles, uh, we, you know, we'd been going we'd been going on probably about 208, 209 pace through about 10 miles, and then all of a sudden the pace slowed to, you know, we hit, we hit one mile or two miles in probably more like a two twelve pace. And, uh, and I just thought, you know what, I think today's the day and, uh, and I want to run two Oh nine. And so I'm going to keep going the pace we were going. And, and I thought, you know, if no one else wants to go with me, I'm happy to win the race as well. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm going to go and run my pace and, and try to try to get that time. And, and uh, so they let me have it for two or three miles. And uh, so I, no, it wasn't part of the plan, yeah. but man, that was, uh, that was fun. It was fun to be leading the Boston marathon. Yeah. And, uh, and the energy you know, that it, like, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The I felt like everyone's cheering for you, you know, <laughs> when you're running in a pack, they actually like were. See, every, everybody who's listening to the show, um, who's run the Boston Marathon, it does feel like everybody's cheering for them as they run it. But actually, everybody was actually cheering for you, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> like literally, they were. Um, but you know, that uh, must, it was must a fun have been feeling. Awesome. That's that must have been awesome. So you were, uh, you were eighth place, right at at, at Boston, and uh, Scott. What's Scott's last name? He's an, an, uh, the. Bobble. Fobble was was seventh. Um, so both of you guys run 
209. Um, what an unbelievable performance. Both of you guys get under the Olympic standard, um, which is a really big deal. Like, explain to the audience who doesn't necessarily know what the Olympic standard means uh, because it's really fast and you got underneath it, and that is a big deal. Yeah, so, and it's, and it's ever-changing, um, but it, essentially every year the Olympics has a standard that they put out there, and they say, okay, you have to hit this to be able to participate in the Olympics. And then, provided you hit that standard, your country or your delegation within your country can select you to go represent them. So in Kenya for the marathon, um, they have numerous athletes who hit the standard, and right. the way that they do it is that uh, a committee gets together and they say, okay, these three are the athletes we're sending for the male marathon, and they just select them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not unlike that in other countries, but in the in the U.S., it's a very objective system, or at least they try for that. And so um, the U.S. has an Olympic trial race, and traditionally uh, we run an Olympic trial race, and then the top three runners that have the standard get selected to the team by the U.S., and then you get to go. And so, but but they've really, um, you know, this this Olympics, because they wanted uh, a smaller field size, they wanted, we had about 160 marathoners in the Rio Olympics in, okay. the, in the men's side, and, and they want to have, the Olympics is targeting 80 this year for oh, the field. Wow. So they're really cutting things down, and, and as a, a function of that, they've released a really, uh, a tighter standard. Uh, excuse me, they've released a tighter standard. And so um, so right now, Scott Fobble and I are the only two that have that standard. And, and I'm sure as we go through the fall, there'll be a few other guys. And, you know, I kind of count a handful of guys in the U.S. that I really think could hit that standard. Um, and then, you know, we'll wait to hear exactly how the U.S. decides to select their team, given the new standards from the Olympics and the Olympic trial race and and then that race is in February. So, and so, so it was. It was a big deal. It was, it was uh, kind of a monkey off my back feeling. To, yeah, I mean, to have uh, hit that to standard. hit, and the standard is two eleven thirty, which is just crazy. Like I remember when you know, you know, when we were. 10, 15, you know, years ago, the standard I felt like was 215, maybe even closer to 220. I thought 220, 222. Well, 220 for the Olympic trials, but for this, yeah. for, to make the Olympics, I, uh, I didn't feel like you had to run that fast. And uh, I'm looking at the USATF list. It does have Rupp, you, and Scott as the top three and the only ones who, who have made the standard. Maybe Rupp's time from 2018 won't qualify him. Um, yeah, that's outside of the window for for the Olympics. I mean, that time is certainly within the window for like Worlds this fall, but um, but it's outside of the Olympics so window. I, I don't want to get super geeky here, but I am interested. Like, what if there isn't? So it's you and Scott who have the standard right now. Two eleven thirty seems hard. What if there's only five or six guys who actually have the standard uh, when we line up in February at? the trials, I wouldn't imagine the trials are going to go under 211, right? I don't think they will in Atlanta on the course that they have. Wow. So the so, five or six yeah, would so, be the only ones who could go. But you, well, yeah, and here's where here's where it gets a little more complicated is the in, in an effort to be able to target that field size of 80 in Tokyo, mm-hmm. they have a standard, it's 211.30, and then they've said they'll steal extra spots based off of world rankings. Got it. So 
so there's there's other ways for people to get in, but but as it as it relates to the U.S., we still haven't heard how they're going to select the team. So if the if the U.S. says, "Okay, we're going to go top three to have the standard, the sure you know the surefire concrete standard," then at the Olympic trials, there's going to be 200 guys in the race, but those of us that have the standard are going to be looking at the handful in terms of just making sure we're in the top three of those that have the standard. If the U.S. says we're going to just send the top three from the Olympic trial race, regardless or not of whether they have the standard, then we have to wait until June or so to see if the IAAF accepts the nomination from the U.S. based on their finish at the trial, based on where those athletes sit in the rankings, and they might or might not get in. And so that's where it gets a little complicated because we're just waiting on the U.S. to say, okay, are we... Are we going to select people on a maybe? And if they get in off of the rankings, then great. And if not, then too bad. Or are we going to be, as the U.S. say, well, you know what, we have enough that have hit the standard. We're just going to set the standard. And so anyway, so so it's uh, it's a hard situation to get too hypothetical about yet because we really don't know right. the criteria that the U.S. is using. It's, it's a complicated formula, but you've got two things going for you. Number one, you've hit the standard, so you're good to go. The other thing you got going for you is you're good in math, so I think you're good to go on both fronts. <laughs> so, um, so, so you you've got the standard. You're going to run the Olympic trials, obviously, in 2020 in in February. Um, a fall marathon as well. I mean, you, you've talked about doing some shorter stuff. I know you got a 10K coming up in in June in in Wisconsin. Uh, you're going to run a fall marathon? Have you decided? Are you ready to announce it here on Pace the Nation? <laughs> no, so you know, I think so, and and we're really we'll wait through this speed session to to really be sure of of what we're doing. But right okay. now, I'm just so excited about marathoning that I want to run one. Right, and so you know, on on paper, maybe it makes sense to say, you know, what we have the standard. Let's just uh, let's continue running shorter stuff and have a nice long build up into the trials. But but I kind of just assume not think about. February 29th for too long. I'd rather think about Chicago or sure. New York or Berlin or something else and, and kind of work together, work towards another race and, and have some fun with it. And I'm just, you know, I'm just so excited about, about marathoning and my, my fitness right now that I'd love to take advantage of, uh, kind of hitting another one while I feel like I'm really in stride. So this year for the Olympic trials, you're um, for 2020 Olympic trials, you're in a, certainly a different position than you were in 2016. How's it feel to be one of the favorites now versus, you know, somebody who was on the scene was somebody who people thought could make the team for sure, but wasn't, you know, a, a, a favorite. Now you're a favorite. You know, it, it's just different. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, rewind, two or three years, three or four years, I guess now to, um, when we were setting up for 2016, I, I definitely felt like I had a chance at making the team, but, um, but I, you know, I, I wasn't going into the trials on a mission to make the team. I was going in like it was a great opportunity and, um, and I had a chance to do something fun and, and consequentially, I think it was really low pressure, um, you know, I, I didn't feel, I, I certainly didn't feel pressure to make the Olympic team. I just felt opportunity. And, and that's what it's been a game of, um, as we get closer and closer to this cycle in my mind. It's just, 
trying to treat it like another opportunity. And I think, you know, it's, we can, we can all put pressure on ourselves and we can probably put unnecessary pressure on ourselves in a lot of ways. And I think, um, a, a can do mindset or an opportunity mindset a lot of times goes a lot further in performance than a pressure or a, I have to do this kind of mindset. And so, so I've been trying to just condition condition my mentality to thinking, you know, this is another opportunity and I don't have to do anything and nobody has to do anything, but, um, but I, I think I really have a good, a good chance and I feel confident, uh, about my position and where I'm at and, and the opportunity that's coming, but I'm trying to keep it at just that, just an opportunity. Well, you should feel confident. Uh, you were sixth place in the Olympics, which is just crazy, man. Sixth <laughs> place in the actual Olympics. I mean, how you know so, how crazy. Some that? of the media at the end of that race made fun of me for being the most excited sixth place <laughs> finisher they'd ever seen. But, uh, but I was, I was excited. You should be. I mean, sixth place in the Olympics from uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm making this like a thirty for thirty small town boy from Utah becomes sixth place Olympia. I mean. It, it, it is crazy to think of of how many people you have to compete against around the world to be sixth place in the Olympics. I mean, I was looking at the list of marathons today of, you know, marathons across the world. And you're, you know, you're, you're second on the list here in the U.S., but you're not even top 100 in, in the world. So the, the competition, so to be sixth place is just incredible. Uh, right, right race at the right time, and they only let three from each country into the Olympics. So it it uh, filters my field a little bit. It was it was an incredibly, and everybody's got their own story from you know every Olympian's got their story from the Olympics, and 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 I, I definitely want you to share yours. Um, you know, it was a super hot day. You referenced that earlier, super hot day in Rio, uh, and. And you persevered and were sixth place, but kind of tell us, you know, about the race. You shared some of that in Moab, and I wanted you to kind of recount that again a little bit, if you could. Yeah, sure. I mean, it 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 really um, it really just felt like an opportunity there, and it was, uh, you know, I I remember the feeling um, warming up for the race. I was warming up next to Ned Kozlowski, and I thought, oh, I've watched this guy run for years. You know, he's, he was a hero of mine. He is a hero of mine, and I was warming up next to him, and the start line had more cameras there than athletes, and <laughs> I was really just taking it all in. In fact, I had I'd gone down in time for the opening ceremonies and, and decided to stick around, and so I had been kicking it in Rio for, you know, almost three weeks by the wow. time I raced, and I'd, I'd gone to everything from teen handball to diving uh like swimming and you know I, I'd gone into basketball I'd gone and seen a whole bunch of these events you were like a spectator had, wow that's awesome oh man I just had so much fun yeah <laughs> and in fact that's what the Saucony crew at home were watching just saying oh you know it looks like Jared's just having fun out there and uh, <laughs> we're glad he's having a good time yeah. you know he's taking advantage of the experience but I just thought you know I'm not going to sit in a room in the athlete village for two and a half weeks and you know, frankly, I'd probably just sit in there and overeat anyway. So, um, so I just decided, yeah, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to play and, and have fun. And, uh, and so, you know, the race started and I hadn't put much pressure on myself. You know, Coach Eisen and I set a goal to finish top 10 um, because that was the goal that didn't make me feel anxious. When we talk about, hey, let's uh, set a goal to, to medal, um, I just thought, you know, that's not the right goal. It just 
you know, brought too much anxiety, too much pressure. And I thought, but, but I thought, you know what, I maybe could be top 10. Um, and so, uh, when the race started, we were running in a pack of 50, uh, going five minute pace. And I've never had so many people around me running that fast at the same time, right? I run that fast in marathons before, but there's like five guys and, and in the Olympics, there was 50. And, and what, te- uh, what temperature and- was it at that, at that point? It was probably low 70s, but about 90 or 95% humidity. Did you feel like you were running in a stampede? Yes, it it totally did. And, um, you know, you turn a corner and things would, like, stretch out, and there'd be shoulders bumping and as everyone's turning, and then it would kind of bungee back, you know, you'd bungee out and then bungee in as we go around corners. Yeah, it it was totally... And water stations were crazy, like... Every country had their own table with the delegation from their country handing out water bottles to them, but they're all in the same place. And so it's this mosh pit of bodies moving around trying to get to their water bottle. You got to feel like, it was, feel like it would be for the rest of us, the way the rest of us feel at a, at a, at a marathon. Nice. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah, probably that's good, good for yes, me, right? Yes, it is. Very humbling, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, then... You know, and we had talked about this a little bit in Moab, but when I got to about mile 15, Elliot Kipchoge, who ended up winning the race and is the current world record holder, he takes off. And probably about 25 guys went with him. And, you know, they went from running, you know, five minutes or, or maybe 505 pace to running probably about 440 pace. And I just, you know, immediately I thought, ah, I can't run that fast. You know, I, I'm not, and then I started thinking about, you know, as soon as a break happens like that, or there's a, you know, there's a mental lapse, I started thinking, oh, actually, I don't feel that good. My mm-hmm. legs, you know, I'm cramping a little bit, and, uh, and man, I'm feeling hot, and it doesn't seem like I'm cooling off in this humidity, and I started to kind of stress about what might or might not happen, and, and at this point, I wasn't even thinking, hey, you know, our goal's top 10. I was thinking, what happens if I drop out in the mm-hmm. Olympics? What do, you know, what do I go home and say, um, you know, it was just too hard or, and, and I started to like, I started to feel a little bit of this stress, this kind of anxiety and thought, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't feel that good. And, um, I don't know what the rest of the race is going to be like. And then it hit me pretty hard that despite not knowing, um, what was going to happen the rest of the race, I knew I could make it two more miles at my five-minute mile pace to my next water bottle. Mm. So that was all I was going to focus on. And I just blocked out the rest of the race and thought, okay, rhythm, stand up, tall, hips under me, rhythm running for two miles. Let's do it. And um, and I got to my next water bottle and drank it and felt a little bit better and thought, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen over the next eight miles, but I know I can make it two more miles to my next water bottle. And I just kind of began to break the race up like that and just, just run the mile that I was in and bite off the chunk that I could chew. Um, and then when I got in the last, you know, five, six miles of the race, um, a number of these guys that had gone with Elliot Kipchoge kind of on a, maybe a Hail Mary attempt for mm-hmm. them, uh, started coming back. And so I would look up and say, I don't know what's going to happen in the next four miles, but I know I can catch that guy. And I would just catch the next guy. And it was amazing to realize um, that by just, just taking one little chunk at a time, I could really um, carry myself a lot further than I thought I was capable of. And and I found out, you know, after the, you know, I moved up 
gradually, and, and uh, when I turned onto the home straightaway, um, I knew I was in the top ten. I actually thought I was seventh, um, but I, you know, I knew I was in the top ten, and uh, and cruised into the finish line. In fact, I remember looking over my shoulder behind me as I made the turn onto the straightaway with probably 500 meters to go, and the guy behind me was probably 100 meters back. And, and then I, as I made the corner, I looked up in front of me, and the guy in front of me was probably 100 meters in front of me, and there was 500 meters left. And so I knew I wasn't going to catch anybody else, and no one else was going to catch me. And so I kind of thought, you know, this is where I'm going to finish. And then it hit me that I may never get the chance to run down a straightaway mm. in the Olympics ever again. Mm. I better run it as fast as I can. And so, <laughs> awesome, so I, I just took off. You know, and then, and taking off probably wasn't that much faster than I was running anyway. <laughs> you know, it feels like at the end of a marathon, but but I felt like I was flying, and I I cruised all the way into the finish line and um, hit the tape. You know, I guess was excited enough to merit some uh, some some jesting from the uh, media <laughs> a little bit later. Um, but I, you know, in the end, um, I think you know the we went back and looked at some splits. And aside from Elliot Kipchoge, I think I had the fastest final 2K uh, in the race. So wow. fastest mile and a half or so at the end. And um, and coming from someone who 10 miles earlier was thinking, I don't know if I can make it to the finish line. Um, you know, kind of, I think it really drove home to me the reality of, of how how critical it can be to performance to just just keep biting off what you can chew and, and running the mile you're in. Jared, have you have you ever had that mentality in a, in a, in a race or training sessions where you're uh, kind of negotiating with yourself bit by bit? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, certainly in like, uh, you know, when you think of like interval training um, on the track where I'm saying, okay, just get through this interval and don't worry about the next one. Um, but I think that was the first time in a marathon that I, that I really forced myself because like, you know, I am, you know, you, you make fun of me for being good at math. I am kind of good at math, and I, <laughs> but I, I think about it all the time, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. And I think oftentimes in a marathon, I'm maybe a little bit too calculated yeah. Think, okay, this is how I feel right now. We're at 18 miles and I, I make a very calculated approach to how I'm going to get to the finish line. And I, I found, uh, I found that, if I, if I let go, you know, and I'm sure at some point, you know, the strategy doesn't work, but I, I found that there was a lot more, um, there was a lot more to dig or a lot more in the well, uh, when I just, uh, just bit off that one little chunk. I love the, the run. I've thought about that a lot since Moab run the mile you're in. And I think that's a good way to like live life. I mean, totally. It's a, it's a really, <laughs> it's a really, I mean, it is a good life lesson that you learn that you uh, learn through running. Uh, super cool, man. Well, all this obviously couldn't be possible without your, your family and support of Saucony. Let's talk about your family. I, I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but he's got four kids. I've got two kids. I come on this podcast every week, Jared, and I, I complain about uh, how busy I am with two kids. He's, <laughs> no, it started when he had one kid. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but four, four. So how old are your kids? Like, How do you manage that? <laughs> well, it's the same, you know. If you thought about now going back to one kid, you'd be like, "Oh, it's easy." That's right? true. And that's true. One, one kid compared to two is, is, and it's the same drill. You always feel busy where you're at, and you, but uh, but uh, yeah, we have four kids. I have my oldest is seven, mm-hmm. 
And then I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and a four-month-old. Wow. So, so your wife's you know, a real I, hero, hero here. <laughs> she is. Yeah. She, she, no, you, like, and, and, and all jokes aside, yeah. uh, that's the truth of it. I mean, she, she just, uh, she loves being a mom and, uh, she loves, she takes care of the kids and she takes care of me and, and she loves it. And so she really, she really makes the dream of being able to be, uh, the, the professional athlete that I want to be and, and, you know, and dabble in the teaching that I like and in the coaching and things like that. Um, and still have the blessings of being able to come home to, to little smiling faces running around the house. And, and there's, you know, there's adjustments and there's give and take and, uh, there's workouts that get moved and there's mileage that gets shuffled mm-hmm. around. And, um, sometimes I'm, I'm getting my cross training in watching Pinocchio instead of whatever <laughs> else I'd be watching if it was just me but but I think you know they're to me they, they it's they're small sacrifices relative to uh to how amazing it is to to have little kids running around and to be able to hear the things they say and and watch the light bulb come on in their minds and uh you know and the the million dollar feeling when I open the door and I have three kids run over with big smiles because yeah. they're so excited for dad to be home awesome. so um so yeah, it really, it really has been a blessing, and uh, and I try to manage, you know, manage sleep, and you know, I kind of have the blessing of um, if the night doesn't go well for for a kid, they're probably going to be taking a nap in the afternoon, <laughs> and normally I can shuffle my schedule and be able to do the same, and yeah. so so I kind of have a an advantage there in terms of my um, my flexible flexible life that I can work in a nap when I need to, and. Um, and I got a supportive wife, so she she makes it all happen. You know, especially during the critical training segments where where I need to really be on. Now, did, is she able to to travel to some of the races? I I can't imagine taking. She off. was at Boston. She was at Boston. That's right. I, I saw an interview with her and the and with the, with the with the, with the uh, baby with, with the, the baby in yeah. tow, right? Yeah. See, we left we left we left the other three at home, but okay. she did, she did bring the baby. No, it was two years ago at Boston that she came and brought all three kids. And we all went out like four days before the race and came home a day after the race. Mm-hmm. And we came home from that race, and she said, I think our family's getting too big to just follow you around. Yeah. <laughs> but, so we break it up now, and, and she, she comes to uh, probably half the races, and we'll bring one or two kids with us and leave one or two kids with Grandma and Grandpa, and, and it works. Well, props, props to your wife, Erica, right? I mean, that is, that is awesome. Um, Very, very, very cool. And also, uh, you know, this couldn't be possible without a great sponsor uh, that you have in in Saucony. I want to thank Tony and Mark for, for helping us connect with you. Um, Tell us about your relationship with Saucony. Well, I mean, you saw it in Moab. They're just like, you know, it's just a very, uh, I would say it's a family oriented company, mm-hmm. you know, not, not only in that, like they, you know, they seem to treat each other and treat their athletes like family, but, but that they care about and support the family aspect as well. And so I feel so blessed to have, uh, have a sponsor that really, um, that really embraces the lifestyle that I want to live and that I want to have as an athlete and, um, and are very flexible with, with their demands on me, uh, in terms of, in terms of my training and performance, but also in terms of my family life and, and, uh, and the other things that I have going on at home. And so, 
yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been more than blessed to be able to work with uh, so many of, of the the, so- the people in Saucony. I feel like we have one of the best. Maybe, I actually feel like we have the best R and D team yeah. um, of any brand. I think I think uh, those guys, in terms of product development, are just spot on, and and they have been for a long time. And they're really really grounded in research and, and in principles that drive uh, keeping runners healthy and and building innovative products to last longer and uh, you know and then the the management's great too i think uh you know i love i love the way that we do marketing and i love the way that uh that we you know that we embrace kind of a you know i mean the the motto the new you know the new tagline for socketing is run for good and i think um the company really i mean it's it's a perfect tagline for socketing because the company really embraces all of the good that comes from running not just winning medals and um and producing olympians and um and selling shoes to runners but but really embracing the good that comes from it and they're involved in in so many charities and you know that's a, that's the kind of stuff they involve me in most of the time too is, is coming out to present a check to uh to to help kids in school you know in in math and fund yep. math department and and coming out to see kids in hospitals and and fund uh research to help sick kids and and so anyways i just like i've been so impressed with with so many aspects of Saucony that um you know, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. And, and he actually wore Saucony's in high school. So this wasn't like, you know, he, he, you actually were a fan of Saucony before, you know, you were contracted by him, which yes. I think is really cool. Yeah. Call it, call it a return to form there after a, a college hiatus. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, well I, I do have one other question. I, you know what? I, I, I got to ask this question. You know, Wikipedia is, is always wrong. So this is the final question. Uh, but, is this true that you lost your cross country eligibility because you ran in a fun run in a costume? Is that true? So it's uh, it's a twisted truth. Okay. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> so tell, I did. Tell I the ran. Story. I ran in a fun run, and there were people who were wearing costumes in the run. I wasn't. I was. Okay. I I just got back from a. a spending two years in Pittsburgh on a proselyting mission for my church. And I was out of shape and kind of getting back into shape. And I went with my brother who was in junior high to California. He was running in the footlocker race. And I just ran in the parent coaches supporters race. Um, But because I hadn't yet enrolled in college, the NCAA ruled that I was uh, training and competing to gain a competitive advantage over other NCAA athletes and, uh, and took a year of eligibility. Wow, and uh, and so you know it was, and there's a whole story there. But we went right. through an appeals process; it didn't get overturned. So eventually, I just resigned to to not having a senior season of cross country. Um, Coach Eichstone actually had me train and run a marathon that season, and I I credit that early exposure to the marathon with the experience necessary to make the Olympic team. And so I really think it was a blessing in disguise. But then in a in a long chain of events. Um, we ended up being able to uh, reappeal my eligibility after I'd finished that marathon in the fall, a week before nationals, and uh, the NCAA ended up giving that eligibility back <laughs> oh a week God. before nationals. Just run so, a marathon. So a month after a marathon and a week before cross country oh, nationals, I got wow. my eligibility back, and I ran. I ran the last race of the season. You might as well have just run that one in a costume. I can't imagine that one. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Yeah, just for good measure, right? <laughs> um, 
we, we talk about running in a co- so you didn't run in a costume. What what costume would you run in if you did mm-hmm. run in a costume? Docs would if you had enough if you had enough space in your suitcase going yes. out to California. <laughs> yes. What, what, what would you have packed? Yeah, Pinocchio. I don't know, you? man. I think given uh, you know, so I maybe it's just tied to the uh, the two years that I spent uh, running around chasing people trying to trying to. Uh, uh, convince them to have faith in Christ yes. wearing a, a, a suit coat and a tie. Um, I think that I have experience running uh, in a in a suit, and there so I go. think I would run just in a straight up suit. A suit. All right, there you go. It, think, it is a very uh, difficult uh, world record. Yeah, it, the, 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 the world the, record the, in a the, suit. The yeah. guy who ran in a suit. We we've talked. We we talk about guys running costumes on this show. <laughs> uh, we we do have real guests like you, but we do talk about. Uh, yeah, that guy ran really fast. Yeah, maybe it was. I think. What did he run? I, I think it was. Was it the guy who won? It's the, the guy Bo- who won Boston, Boston in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's What's his name? You probably know him. Who won Boston Marathon last year from Japan? Um, oh yeah, um, Yuki. Yuki. Yeah. Yuki. Yeah. Yuki. I think he so has I, the world record. Like Two fifteen or something like that. So, anyway. Oh man, Yuki. Yuki is so dang tough. Yeah. That That dude is something else. I I would totally believe it that a yeah. suit wouldn't even slow him down. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, Jared. Uh, could we convince you to run in a Chewbacca? Costume? That's what Docs wants. A Chewbacca. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to work on my Chewbacca noise. Yeah, well, I, I think it would, I'm not sure if it would be worth it if I couldn't be yelling he, the whole race. He, he, that's true. He, take your take your time. Yeah, take your time. As long as this happens, <laughs> let's yeah, let's get him through. The, Perfect. What's the, the what's the world record for a marathon in a Chewbacca? I think, I think you would set it. I yeah, think it's probably like four or five hours yeah, right now. Pretty pretty sure it's probably somebody who ran in London because all those guys wear costumes in London. I love the Disney ones. There's one that went yeah. as Kronk from Emperor's yeah, New Groove yeah, with yeah. the Emperor on his back the whole time. Yeah. I was like, that's worth it. And and, and and Jared is in the weeds with Disney. I'm sure right now. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I really appreciate the time. You're super busy. Uh, it was great to connect with you. Uh, we're going to be at the Olympic trials, uh, so we'll have to connect with you. Uh, after that race, um, win, lose, or draw, we can't wait to talk to you there. Good luck with uh, everything, man. Um, you know, good luck with the fall marathon if that's the if that's what you're going to do, and obviously in the Olympic trials in 2020. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate being on. You guys are fun to talk to. Yeah, it was really fun. There he goes. That's Jared Ward, 2016 Olympian. Yeah, he was the eighth place finisher at the Boston Marathon. He runs for Saucony. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. Welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Jared Ward for joining us on Pace the Nation today. He was he was awesome. Give him a follow. Uh, he's on Twitter. It's at jwardy21 uh, on Twitter, at jwardy21. So definitely go to your phone, your computer, mm-hmm. whatever. Give that a follow right now. Should we take a break so everybody can do <laughs> everybody that? Everybody do that right now. Uh, he's certainly a really uh, just a great guy, an exciting athlete to follow, uh, really excited about what he's going to do here in the fall and, of course, at the Olympic trials. Just a really good guy. Mm-hmm. I was glad we didn't go over my story that I told before we went on the air with him. I think um, we should just never acknowledge that happened yeah, this, ever maybe again. Maybe we edit that out. But, uh, that, you know, I'll, I'll give Docs the uh, total control of but that. The, but the difficulty in that is now we're talking about that's it true. here. That's a good point. All right. So, anyways, the point is Jared was awesome. Um, one of the favorites, uh, I would say – 
uh, now it's it's um, it's Scott. Uh, I think his his last name. I think he said it's Fable and mm-hmm. uh, and and obviously uh, Galen Rupp, uh, who will be the top three with Jared. Her top three favorites right now mm-hmm. um, for the trial. But a lot can happen between oh, now no and doubt. then. No question. Um, yeah. So awesome to have Jared. Uh, thanks again to Saucony for uh, can't thank those guys enough for making that happen as well. It's interesting how he's saying how many different directions the uh, Olympic team could go mm-hmm. depending on what happens. Basically, we're, we're just talking about a different scenario if the top three finishers don't have the qualifying time. Right. Because traditionally, the uh, USATF just takes the top, top three, three finishers. The top three finishers and At they're the qualified. Trials. But it's, it's not unprecedented because in 2000, Rob DeHaven was the, was the lone. U.S. Right. representative, representative yep. in the marathon, uh, Rod DeHaven. Yep. And and I, I think in 2004, Rob Myers finished second or third in the 1500. 1500. That's a good memory, And, and he didn't go. Yes, that's a good memory because he didn't have the standard. He and didn't have the standard yet. The crazy thing is he got the standard in enough time, but USA Track and Field just said – Nope. Uh, wow. By by the final, it has to be done on you know the the, the day of the final because they wanted to put their paperwork in. But I, I, they had I, another week after the trial. So that's the crazy thing. And Jared was explaining it. And, yeah. And he did a good job of explaining that it's all it's not necessarily set in stone. It's not yet. clear cut. Not clear cut yeah. right now. But basically, it is clear cut. If you run two eleven thirty and you're in the top three, you're going to the Olympics yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's so, that's the way to make this easy yes, on us. Exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> So he's got that, and uh, only one other guy's got that right now, which is which is just crazy. Um, so uh, excited about the Olympic trials in 2020, mm-hmm. and I just want to take a moment to uh, you know talk about the Olympic trials. So the Olympic trials, uh, as as we've talked about on this show many times, we talked about it with mm-hmm. Jared. That is uh, the marathon trials, one of my favorite events that happens every four years. Uh, it determines the six people who go to the Olympics. Uh, it is a race in itself. They have the men's race starting and the women's race uh, shortly right thereafter. Or I think it may be opposite. I think it's the women's race first and the men's race uh, right thereafter. And it's really a cool event because uh, it's a loop course where you can see the athletes. I think they loop seven times around Centennial Park uh, in Atlanta. And you can see them over and over again and just really see the race develop. And you can see both the men's and women's race develop. Um, Atlanta's not too far away, so we'll be there for sure. But I'm just saying to, to folks who, who uh, are interested in a road trip or interested in seeing a, a really cool event, uh, I'd say go to the Olympic trials, February 29th, 2020, mark your calendar. Now, uh, it would really be cool to have a lot of folks out there, uh, supporting these guys who are trying to make the Olympic team to go to Tokyo. So one other thing, as I plug for the Olympic trials, uh, the public's Atlanta marathon is also that same weekend. So you can watch them if you want to do it, watch them on Saturday, run the race, and then you can run a marathon on Sunday as well. So it, you could make a whole weekend out of it or just watch the race and not run the marathon and, mm-hmm. and, and hang That's out. That's what with, I will be doing. Hang out with Pace the Nation uh, uh, that, that night. Uh, so uh, really mark your calendar and, and I urge you to, to think about going. Um, and if you're a real big time fan of the show, uh, Satya's there. I mean, Satya's <laughs> crash at his place. Satya, you, you, you know, well, I'm I calling, think, calling I think, you out. I think like 
We, you can go as far as to say, go meet Satya. Yeah, all right, so you can't necessarily uh, crash at his house. Okay. As you remember, Satya has kids as well. That's true. I don't think that he's Two hosting, kids. like, uh, yeah. happy hours and stuff like that. Well, I know he's listening, and I know he'll get this This will get back to mm-hmm. so. So tweet us, how many people could stay at your house, Satya? <laughs> uh, hopefully we won't need oh, to, but, but there might, might be some. Oh, uh, Farley. But on top of that, I'm really excited, guys, that we're going to have a number of athletes. And we talked before we had Jared on. We've had a number of athletes who are going to run in the Olympic trials. Uh, we made the list. So we don't need to go. Big mistake. Did did we miss anybody? Yes. Who, 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 who do we miss? Sarah Bishop. Sarah Bishop. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Jared is is one of the many that we're going to have on this show uh, to talk about the, the upcoming Olympic trials. We have other athletes who are going to join us on the program in the future. I don't want to list, make those don't lists. Make lists. Yeah. But, but we definitely have some uh, that, that are coming down the pipe that will be really fun and interesting to talk to. So... The Olympic trials, again, Saturday, February 29th in Atlanta. Uh, Mark your calendar. Tess, do you think that we'll be able to interview athletes during the race? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this would be cutting-edge stuff. I love a good Pierre, like, between the glass, but (laughs) mid-race. You know, there are some people who fall apart who um, probably... That would be a good interview be, as well. Would be open to us talking to Taking them. a 15-minute break? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I oh, mean, so, so you're suggesting that we sit at in one spot. I was imagining us being a mobile podcast. Oh, no, Ooh. I'm thinking But you're saying because they come spot. by eight times, yeah. we'll, we'll shout out a question, and then eight and a half minutes later when they run by again, they answer yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And then as they're fading away, we shout out the next question. That's a great idea. That is actually a great <laughs> idea. So we will interview folks. Uh, a long way. I don't know how many answers we'll get, but we'll throw out the questions. We, we just lost our invitations. Yeah, we could do <laughs> written questions. We could like lay it out there. That's true. Uh, like Holding post- a sign? Yeah, with, with okay. a sign. Well, mine, mine's a two-part question, so we're going to need at least 15 fans <laughs> to come down to help with this. Oh, no. I was hoping for a yes or no, like raise your left hand for yes, oh, gotcha. raise your so right could, hand for gotcha. no. Gotcha. Okay. I like the I like these ideas. We'll continue to noodle it off mm-hmm. the air, but uh, I think we've got a good brainstorm working here. Yeah. All right, guys, I mentioned that there was a couple articles I wanted to talk about. And, of course, um, when I see an article about Arlington County. You read the headline, <laughs> and, and that's it. And how great great Arlington County is. I always uh, read more than just the headline. And then you share it on social media. <laughs> uh, and and ask somebody to summarize this for uh, me. Arlington County um, was mm-hmm. rated the fittest city in the country. I know. Uh, how about that? So the fittest city of the country uh, by let me let me get this correct here. It was the American Fitness Index report that released this on Tuesday of last week. Uh, they had Arlington, Virginia, as number one. It's a, with any exercise, not just running. I know Arlington mm-hmm. is always one of the top running, uh, you know, running counties or cities in the in the country. But any exercise, Arlington came in at one. San Jose came in at two. And I thought it was Seattle. It, well, I think Seattle was it, the running. Uh, oh, just the running. Yeah, it was just just in terms of the running. Okay. Um, Seattle came in at five. They are always in the in the in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Fran was three. Uh, Anchorage, Alaska, four. Seattle, five. Crazy. So uh, I've lived in Arlington. Yep. I've lived in San Fran. Mm. I've lived in Anchorage. Wow. So three out of the three so, out of the five, yeah. Is and, there any correlation there? Um, well, funny enough, 
uh, I actually got contacted by Arlington County and they asked me to move out of the county be- because my fitness has, <laughs> has taken a big uh, yeah. swan dive. Yeah. So you're, you're bringing down the mm-hmm. fitness scores. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, 2020, we can't afford this. Yeah. And I was like, good. 2020, I'm going to be in the White House. <laughs> Docs. I'm going to count towards Washington, D.C.'s numbers. If you're bringing down the fitness docs, uh, mm-hmm. this place is pretty darn fit. Because yeah. generally speaking, I'd say you're not you're not as fit as you have been in your life. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I thought that was super cool. Um, you know, it's always like Arlington, San Fran, and Madison, Wisconsin. No, Madison, Wisconsin is not in they're, there. They're always in the mix there no. for the running. No, um, everybody in Madison, Wisconsin eats cheese and bratwurst. Yeah. Fuel of champions. <laughs> so while I was on my bike ride today, mm-hmm. I, I left Arlington County and got into Falls Church on, on the WNOD trail. Could you notice a difference? And Noticeable. There was a there was a woman on the exercise equipment on the side of the the trail sleeping on the bench. And really? I was like, that's the kind of stuff that happens in Falls Church. You sleep on the exercise bench in Falls Church. In Arlington, everybody's working out on the exercise equipment. <laughs> that's it. That's totally mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why Falls Church isn't on the list. Yeah, I'm going down here, going down the list, going down. Now they're not on the don't list. Don't see at it. All. I don't no. even see it. Not no. even an honorable mention. No. Because they sleep on their exercise equipment. <laughs> I <laughs> I also wanted to uh, bring up another uh, article that I Chris, that that's I a true story. I really I saw know, a woman I, I, sleeping I know, on the bench, which is, which is like like a in in exercise clothes, not like that's her new home. I could see myself. I, I don't want to talk badly. I could see myself. You 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 get so little sleep with your kids. You say that you're going out for a run, <laughs> and, just, and then you just go crash on a on a bench on the, the trail. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And and as I was biking away, I also it reminded me of our first year in school. Mm-hmm. We had a teammate trip. Who pledged to fraternity? Why I have no idea. Oh no, another old school story. And Man, I don't know if we could do two in a two in an. No, episode. but listen, he okay. he pledged to fraternity, and I remember his his pledge week. He had like it, our locker room. He had it full of groceries that the assistant coach bought for him, and he'd come in and he'd chug like this. I don't know why he was chugging soda, but he chugged this two liter thing of soda and was just eating like crazy. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And, and they wouldn't let him eat for part of his pledge week so really? he was like like so he would come to you know practice so like now he had to give him his practice schedule and all this kind of stuff i was like this is so stupid but yeah. that's what i was thinking was this woman probably was like just so exhausted and 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 was like i'm gonna go work out okay go ahead and go work out and she's like finally peace and quiet i'm gonna snooze on the trail yeah i don't hate on it actually yeah now that now that, now that you've given me the idea yeah i might uh might do that myself I don't blame you. Um, Just leave I, your wallet and your phone right on top of you. Another another uh, uh, article I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, fan of the show, former guest, um, and he is the uh, sports head of the sports department at the Washington City Paper. It's Kellen Sung. Oh, yeah. He, uh, I know Kellen. He, he, he came out with an article for— He's been on the show before. In the, in the Best of D.C. In the Best of D.C., there was a category. He, Kellen must have created this category himself. Mm-hmm. Best place to run an impromptu record-setting marathon, <laughs> <laughs> and and East Potomac Park uh, was uh, the the spot for that. Um, obviously, he referenced the Michael Wardian uh, ten marathons, mm-hmm. ten days, right. seven continents, and he did the last three at East Potomac Park. And then he mentioned um, 
my marathon breaking three uh-huh. uh, there a, a couple years he ago. He jumped in the car with me and Tess. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Uh, before Tess was even a full-timer on the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even a part-timer on the show. Yeah. No, it was like my audition. Yes. So East Potomac Park, best place to run an impromptu record-setting marathon. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at that. I was like, dude, how, how does he get that through How does that go editor? through the editor? I mean, yeah. like, would, would there be another <laughs> place in the running? I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, I guess when you're the head of the sports department at the mm-hmm. Washington City paper, that's what you can do. So uh, we'll tweet out both those articles. One was from uh, the Washington City paper uh, and the best of. uh, And then the other one was from Arlington Now, one of my favorite websites out there. Farley and Tess, have you guys figured out what we're going to do for episode 200 yet? I I was really hoping we'd get this crowdsourced. I don't want to leak it. We we got a couple of suggestions from listeners. All right. Okay. All right, I, I actually so, didn't see those this week. What should we do? Should we should we throw these ideas out there yeah, so that yeah, yeah. so that people can kind Let's of get some momentum weigh in on them? them. Yeah, okay. I, I like that. I like that. All right. Well, Char- Charlie Ban had an idea, mm-hmm. and he wanted basically his idea was Docs. Uh, we don't <laughs> want you to see the light of day. Go back and and edit all of the old episodes uh, so that nothing makes sense. Where you ask one guest a question and then find an answer that would be funny to that. I think I think that's how you deciphered what he texted you and I think he texted all of us. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's what he was it's thinking. A, it's a great idea. It's 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 a funny idea. So he's basically saying you say, "Hey, Ma- you you edit something together. Hey, Matthew." Um, well, you wouldn't say, "Hey, Matthew." But it would be like you're asking Matthew Centrowitz right. when we said What's what's currently in your freezer was right. a question that we asked Matthew. Yes, and then you have somebody else answer sock and triumph. There you go <laughs> from from a different guest. You know, good, when, good. when we ask somebody what they are running in or something like this. So, like that would be funny, right? That I would like also that. be that would be a lot of editing. months and months and months of work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To get an entire forty-five minute to an hour show. Yeah, because be... you'd have to go through and script everything, write right. it down, kind of piece it, if you wanted to do a good job. All right. So it's a great it's a great idea, but yeah. it, I also don't think that it's feasible. Okay. All unless right. Tess wants to do it. No, thank you. All right. So that's not a bad idea, but it's uh, not going to happen. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, other ideas that you had out there? Yeah. Uh, Maggie B wrote in. Mm-hmm. She always gives me a hard time. What did she say? I, I really haven't. <laughs> I haven't checked. Uh, it's not on social media. This, okay. this was submitted through a different different uh, form. Okay. Okay. Uh, is Chris Farley smarter than a seventh grader? <laughs> oh my I gosh! Like, can we have you take I like, like an that. SOL exam? I, I like that. I do like that. Uh, I was thinking about uh, bringing my nieces in, who who are around crowd favorites yeah crowd favorites i i actually should talk to my sister first right see if that's okay yeah, exactly but how about uh we do a quiz show for episode 200 where you compete against my nieces they average seventh grade i have nothing to gain and everything to lose in this <laughs> it'll be a great show um but uh yeah i'm up for it we could do <laughs> a jeopardy style what the heck? Well, I, was, I was thinking either jeopardy style would would be uh I, we have to kind of I've I've put a lot of thought in this yeah. today after this submission came in. So we'll have to figure out like how we want to do it. Jeopardy was one of the ways I thought that we could do it. Okay. But I I, I don't know how to do the buzzers. That's that's why I was a little bit hesitant about that. So then I was thinking like just have uh, There's gotta be an app. They all have a, a white okay, maybe we could do that. I was mm-hmm. thinking like they all have like a whiteboard and you know, hold those answers tight and they all have to answer it and then reveal. Okay. 
that was that was actually what I was thinking. But if we could do a buzz in, that would be great. I would too. Do love. I listened to a whole bunch of game shows as podcast mm-hmm. while I go on my long runs, and I like to participate in them, even though no one can hear me. I love that uh, yeah, idea. Yeah, and actually, I, I don't think I don't think that they that game shows would actually. It doesn't make sense that they would translate, but people do love to listen to them yeah. on the radio or podcast. I listen yeah. to Ask Me Another every weekend. Yeah. So if, if we're going to do this, uh, I think that I would like to crowdsource categories. Mm-hmm. So let's let's have like eight to ten categories and, and people tell us what the categories should be. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So that that's not a bad – was there any other submissions? Because I also – I'd be open for something that isn't going to, you know, make me look like an idiot too. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm fine with with any of that. But um, no other submissions. I, I really feel like we're. I, I didn't. I don't. I, I'm not on social media, yeah. so you have to check the okay. feed. All right. All right. Well, I like those ideas. Um, but if you got anything else, uh, yeah, tweet us at Pace the Nation. Uh, we still got a few weeks to 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 decide. Uh, but I think we got one that's strong and 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 in the running for sure. Yeah, and it's not Charlie's idea. (laughs) All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. This podcast is also sponsored by Saucony today. I want to thank Mark and Tony for making it possible to have Jared on uh, the show today. So Saucony, you can find Saucony at all five Pacers locations. All right, great show, guys. Even though I probably got the hockey guy wrong. <laughs> that was a really cool we, story to We open. recovered from that, that I think. Very, but very he's got to be out there again. Yeah. Got to keep an eye out for him. So yeah, keep an eye if you if you, if somebody sees him on the WOND trail, take a picture. Take a picture, tweet us, let us know who it is. Uh, big props to Saucony. Thanks again to Jared Ward for joining us on today's program. It's jwardy21 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, awesome story. Good luck to him as he prepares for the 2020 Olympic trials and Olympics. Episode 194 in the books. Wow. We are getting close to 200. Keep those ideas coming. Uh, we've got some really exciting guests coming down the pipe as well. So uh, great to have uh, the listeners kind of chime in on what that episode 200 is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep, uh, keep I think we're kind of coming. narrowing in on an answer. <laughs> I want more (laughs) options if if we can. All right, that's Boy Me Docs for Test Strike. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We'll see you next week. to mention i was wearing my saucony switchbacks today um you're you dressed for the occasion i did
you know. Even though there's not going to be a picture? <laughs> I, I actually have a picture. Is that why you were late? <laughs> no. Putting no. those shoes on? <laughs> no. Uh, I, I wanted to wear them because I wanted to reference the how, how much I like the shoe. Um, I also... I'm always kind of angling um, for free shoes for my co-host. So, <laughs> uh, Ken got me a pair of the Saucony Exodus okay. last summer. So it's my you, trail shoe. I love it. Last summer, you, you're due for a new pair. Yeah, so they're Ken, probably Mark, on their way out. Come on, what, what size are we talking? <laughs> ten. Women's ten and Doc's, um, what size are we talking about? Uh, nine and a half. Men's nine and a half. All right. Tess, it's, do you think Farley talked long enough at the uh, end for people to listen to the Easter eggs this week? That's what I was thinking. That I we. <laughs> I need them to hang in there for the Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember that ridiculous statement he made last week on the show? That they wouldn't hang that in there. That they don't hang in unless you talk long enough and in the outro. That you can visibly see that it's in there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I realize that they probably are like fast-forwarding to get to that um, if they don't want to hear the music. Yeah, that's like little 15-second tap or through yeah, to the end. Exactly. But with the, the new stupid thing, it's 30 seconds forward, 15 seconds back. Oh, stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> I And and if you could change it, uh, I haven't looked yet, but it's got to be changed. Like the 15-15 is good. 30-second jump forward too is much. terrible. It's too much. If it wasn't Apple, it would be Apple fine. is awful. You just wanted to hate Apple. You should be able to change this stuff. I was also going to talk about Game of Thrones because that's that's finishing up on Sunday. Uh, Survivor's wrapping up tonight. Tomorrow night is the end of Big Bang Theory. A lot of like a lot of, a lot of things that are like wrapping up this week. A lot of, a lot of topics for next week. You guys, okay. I don't think I've watched a show on like actual television in years. Mm. I have no idea. I I actually saw somebody who was like furious that uh, people were talking about Game of Thrones on, on Facebook the next day. And she was like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. Like, people, no courtesy, whatever. And somebody was like, in 2019, you should know that if you haven't watched something, yeah, stay watch off something. social media. Yeah. yeah. No, I That's don't follow fault. anything related to The Bachelor in my social media, so yeah. it's all good. But, you know, like, I've even seen news websites now like spoil stuff on on game of thrones lame yeah so i just watch it are you guys both watching game of thrones no i just watch it i right now i'm watching it live and i watch survivor live so you don't get spoiled those are the only two things i do because i don't want to be you you have a a false memory of that story (laughs) everybody was absolutely embarrassed and in typical farley fashion once it was clear uh what you were saying and everybody was trying to do damage control, you were like, everybody's not laughing at my stupid joke. I better tell it six more times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was not smart. <laughs> He's got four kids. I mean, it's probably... Maybe, you know what he's doing? He's probably sleeping on a bench out on a trail. Probably <laughs> is. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Is anything else... Well, I mean, Jared, if, if you need another half-hour break from those four kids, we could just stay <laughs> yeah, on the I line. Know. Can we do two shows? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.